Welcome back to Sin City Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Galatians chapter 4. It reads, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but not for good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. It's always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. All right, Jake, as we jump back in here in Galatians chapter 4, let's remember, hey, we're picking up here in the middle of his thought. So we need to remember what we left off yesterday talking about justification by faith. The heart of the gospel is what he's continuing to develop here. But as we walk through this passage, there's a lot of different things that we can get lost in. As he's talking about these illustrations, these mountains, these people, these covenants, how can we help our listeners to focus in on what is his main point here? What is the argument that he's trying to bring towards the Galatians that would benefit us in our understanding of the gospel as well? How can we focus in on that so that we don't get lost in everything else that's happening here? Yeah, so Paul is building off, as you said, the end of chapter 3 here and going on into chapter 4. He's really trying to to get the Galatians to see 
his argument that the law is no longer sufficient for faith. He's really trying to distinguish what the law and the law's purpose was, what the law is and what the law's purpose was, and then teaching them that the promise that God has made to Abraham and made to them through Christ is far more important and is what they're supposed to be looking to now. And the law was supposed to help them uh, look at that and help them see that. And it's good that he takes us all the way back to Abraham for that, because when we talk about the law, who are we usually thinking about? Yeah, well, usually we would think of Moses. Um, But what Paul is doing here is showing us that it was never about the law to begin with, and that uh, he takes us to a story with Abraham and his wives. And his point in that is to show us that the promise from the Father was always the point and was always uh, the purpose that he was going to restore and redeem uh, his people through his son and through this promise that he gave to Abraham. Ultimately, we know what that promise looks like now, even though in the Old Testament they didn't. But the law, the purpose of it was really just to show them their need to, to rely on God and their need to trust in him because of how short they fell of it. And so Paul is really concerned for the Galatians here because they're trying to go back to the law. Lee gave me this really great uh, picture to think about. It's almost as if you are riding your bike and you've known how to ride a bike for years and then going back and adding training wheels. You don't need training wheels anymore. Just like the law is no longer sufficient for us to be united with, with God, now we need faith in Christ. And I think it's important for us to, to recognize that about the law. When we sit here and we look at the law, we probably think of it at first in terms of how the Jewish people and the nation of Israel did, saying, this is how I live for God by following these rules. But that's not really the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was to create in them a great need for their Savior, to display how great that need was, that they could never appease God or his wrath, that they could never gain his favor based upon their own actions. And it sets up and focuses them on the fact that they need Jesus. And that's why Paul is so shook by what's happening here in the Galatians' life, is he's like, hey, you guys have now experienced the blessings of the promise of God. Why are you going back to this? Why would you want to go back to the law? And that's what he really wants them to focus in on here. Yeah, so, and I think that this is why he uses the example of Hagar and Sarah. His point is to distinctly set apart the law and freedom, the law and grace. Hagar and uh, her son Ishmael are the example of slavery, whereas Sarah and Isaac are the example of freedom through the promise of God. And that's what these people would have been picking up on because they would have understood that Isaac was the heir to Abraham, whereas Ishmael, though he was still blessed by God, did not receive the full blessing. And so likewise, those who turn to the law do not receive the full blessing 
of freedom in Christ. Whereas the people who turn to Christ as their salvation, as their means of grace, they receive the full inheritance, the full blessing of being the Son of God. They are now heirs with Christ and seated with Him in heaven. And that really brings us back full circle to how he opened the chapter, thinking about this inheritance that they have, and that they're instead of taking the inheritance, they're taking the bondage of slavery. If you wanted to look at two opposite ends of the spectrum, to say, would you want to be a slave or would you want to be an heir that's inheriting a massive estate? Everyone is obviously going to say, make me the heir that's inheriting the estate. So why are you willingly choosing this slavery, knowing that it's going to create the condemnation and the bondage that you're trying to escape rather than the salvation that you desire? And so that's the big picture of what's going on here in Galatians chapter 4. That's the big thing that Paul is trying to get across to these people. And I do have another question I want us to really focus on here in our time. When we look back at verses 3 and 4, we see that it talks about how we were born enslaved to the elementary principles of the world, and the fullness of God's time comes to pass that brings us to Jesus coming into the earth. And so I want us to think about that fullness of time. Why did the law need to be around in the first place? Because if it wasn't going to actually save, why even have it be a part of the story? Clearly, God has some reason for the law. How can we begin to grasp its purpose and how it is a crucial part of the story for the nation of Israel and the true followers of Jesus as well as us today? Yeah, so there's a a few reasons I think that uh, the law is necessary. Uh, One of the first things being just for us to understand that the Lord is holy and that He's completely set apart from the rest of this world to understand like his justice and also his grace. But really in the grand scheme of the story, I think the reason that we need the law is so that we realize that we could not have done it ourselves. If there was no law, if there was no way for us to understand right and wrong, we probably would have thought and probably would think that we could have been the one that died on the cross and that we could have lived perfectly when so clearly by looking through the Old Testament and in our own lives, that's just not true. Yeah. And I don't think we have to look too far into the people that we meet in the Old Testament to see their imperfections, right? We see Noah, even this man who is super righteous before the rest of the people in his time. He has some pretty garbage things that happen at the end of his life. Also, all these people, even Abraham lying so many times about who his wife is and these different situations, we see the failures of these people, and they should hopefully understand that but for the grace of God, we would be just like these people with our failures on display all over the place, trying to, at times, when we see the rest of the people in the Old Testament, trying to merit God's favor through sacrifices that are needing to be done over and over and over again. And so we are blessed to live in a time where we have the fullness of the picture of faith to understand what God is desiring of us. And so hopefully we can center our minds on that today as we seek to not bring ourselves back into a situation where we desire to be in bondage, but instead 
to set us up to live in the freedom that comes in Christ. And that's what Paul's going to focus on in chapter 5 tomorrow. So, as you reflect on this passage, as you think through different questions that you have, this is a passage that there could be a lot of questions coming up. Seek the answers to those questions. Surround yourself with people who can help you to answer those questions. Engage with others in conversation about how you're understanding and learning in God's Word. And know today you are loved. You're